Hello, Emma Mae Dinkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Friends, welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. This is Emma Mae Jenkins here. So grateful to welcome you and so pumped to have you here. Today's going to be super fun because we're talking about how obeying God comes from a heart that loves God and what does freedom in Christ look like and we'll be talking about how the world tends to define freedom and what God intends freedom to look like in our life. So I'm really, really excited. Friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word because faith comes by hearing. freedom, what comes to mind? I did a Q&A on Instagram and I had tons of different responses and some of the responses that I got were not bound or not held hostage. I heard words like peace, rest, joy, fearless. I heard not held captive by my past and I heard I have the ability to choose. And when I go to scripture, And look at, okay, how does scripture talk about freedom? I want to share some of the verses with you that I found that were just so cool to me. So in Galatians 5.13, we hear Paul say that you were called to freedom. And in John 8.32, Jesus actually says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And in John 10, 10, Jesus again is speaking and he says that I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full, have it abundantly. And in Psalm 119, 45, we know that by his word, we walk about in freedom. And so when I'm talking about freedom or I'm reading God's word and I'm hearing about freedom, there must be something that I need to be set free from. If I'm constantly hearing in scripture that I'm going to be set free, that I was called to freedom, that he came so that I could have abundant life, that must mean that there was a previous state that we were in where freedom was needed, where we were in bondage, where we were held hostage, where we were defined by our past. Like if we needed freedom, then that means that there was something that was keeping us from being free. So what are we being set free from according to scripture? Well, in Romans 3.23, we read that we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Like none of us on our own can reach his glorious standard. So when I read that, okay, then that must mean that I am held in bondage by shame and death because of sin. And it separates me from God. In Romans 6.23, I read that the wages of sin is death. So I am held captive by death due to my sin. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. So that means that Obviously, I needed to be set free from perishing because if I have freedom in Christ, that means that apart from Christ, I perish. 
in Romans 8, 1, we read that there is therefore now, meaning there was, but now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what am I being set free from? According to God through Christ, through Christ, I'm being set free from shame and death because sin separates me from God. I'm being set free from perishing. I'm being set free from being condemned, from being defined by my mistakes. I'm being set free from my sinful nature that leads to death. Wow. Okay. That kind of puts it into perspective. Like I was called to freedom. I have the ability to walk in freedom. I was made to walk about freely But wow, when I am aware of what I'm set free from, I don't know about you, but it deepens my gratitude for the freedom that I have. When I realize that on my own, I am done for. Like on my own, I'm dead. I'm perishing. I'm condemned. I'm separated from God forever. But because God sent his one and only son and demonstrated his perfect love for me, that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me and rose again, defeating death defeating sin, defeating shame, so that I could have abundant life? What? I just encourage you today to take inventory of what it is that Christ came and set you free from, because friend, it deepens your gratitude for the freedom that you have only by him and because of him. I went to Merriam-Webster's dictionary and looked at the definition of freedom, and there were a bunch of different definitions, but one of them that I read said that freedom is the liberation from slavery or restraint or from the power of another. It's independence. And it's really cool taking that definition and referring back to those verses we just hit on and understanding that, wait, so that means that I am set free from slavery or restraint from the power of sin. I am set free from slavery or restraint from the power of death. I am set free from slavery or restraint from the power of shame. In Jesus' name and by his name alone, oh, this is a praise party. (laughs) And I think it's really important too to acknowledge that we will often hear a lot of different definitions of freedom. That's why I wanted to do that Q&A on Instagram because I really wanted to pick your brain and hear, okay, when you hear freedom, what do you think? Because I think sometimes the world will either define freedom in this way or the enemy will whisper into our hearts that this is what freedom is. And it is that I can do whatever I want, that I don't have to answer to anyone. There is no submission, obedience, surrender, or boundaries that are necessary if I am free. And I think it's very dangerous if that is our definition of freedom when looking to the Lord. Because if that's the case, then that means that, no, I'm not going to follow God because that means I'm not free. Because we look at God's word and we think that's just a whole book of rules, a whole book of boundaries, a whole book of restrictions that I now have to follow. And therefore, I'm not free. I really want to like dive into that a little bit because that's honestly a legitimate argument. If you think that freedom is that you have the ability to choose, which is true, that freedom is for you to be able to dictate the decisions that you make, which that is a beautiful definition of freedom. I think that that's something worth diving into a little bit. So that's what I want to do today for a hot minute. 
If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17 in the garden, this is before Eve. This is when just Adam and the Lord are in the garden. So everything is perfect, like legit perfect. God is asking Adam to name all of the animals. God has looked at what he has said thus far and said that it is good. Like God is in perfect relationship with Adam. They are in perfect unity, walking together. It is paradise. But God, even in that beauty, even in that perfection, he tells Adam, hey, dude, you can eat of all the trees freely in this garden, except for one. Because if you do eat from that tree in this garden, then you will die. Friends, okay, I kind of want to like simmer in that for a little bit because everything's perfect. Like God has looked at everything he has made thus far and said it's good, yet there's boundaries in that. That tells me that if everything is perfect the way that the creator created it to be and boundaries are included in that, that means that boundaries are a good thing. That means that boundaries are healthy. And I think our world can and the enemy can put a very negative tone to the words boundaries, submission, surrender, obedience. Because when we hear that, we think, oh, we kind of step back a little bit because it's like, wait, I feel like I'm being restricted. I feel like I don't have my freedom. So keep me away from those words. But when I read this from the garden, when everything was literally perfect, I read that, wow, God gave boundaries because he loves us and love always protects. And you may be wondering, Emma, what was God protecting us from? Well, God knew that when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would be disobeying the Lord. And if he disobeyed the Lord, that is sin. And sin separates us from God. And God actually says that he made us to be without shame. But when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree that God told them not to eat from, they hid. They were ashamed. God wanted to protect us from that. We read in Psalm 34, oh, this is so good, that those who look to the Lord, their faces are radiant and they are never covered with shame. We read in Psalm 3 that God is so good that he surrounds us with his glory and he lifts our head high when we are bowed low in shame. God made us to be in relationship with him and set free from shame. He doesn't want us to hide from him. He, he knows where we are. He knows us fully and loves us fully, but he made us to be in unity perfect relationship with him. And he knew that if Adam and Eve disobeyed him, then we would experience the bondage of shame and separation from the Lord that leads to death. So he was protecting us from that. He was protecting us from the shame and separation from him. That shows me again that boundaries are good. So if God gives me boundaries, that means that they are put in place to actually help me walk in freedom. And that's not what the enemy wants you to think. If you continue reading in the book of Genesis in chapter 3, it's whenever Eve is at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the enemy approaches her and he's questioning God's word, planting seeds of doubt and basically deceiving Eve, trying to convince her that God is holding out on her, 
trying to convince her that there is something better apart from what God has shown her, trying to convince her that she's missing out on something good, something desirable, something pleasing to the eye that God is withholding from her. And she believes it. she steps into it. And isn't that so like what the message of the world will send? No, you don't want to go be obedient to God. You don't want to submit to his word because then you're going to miss out on fun. Then you're going to miss out on all these great experiences. Then you're not going to really live life fully. And while I do acknowledge that there are temporary satisfactions, that there are temporary highs that this world can provide, just as Eve tasted the fruit that was pleasing to the eye, I bet it tasted good to her lips for a little while. I'm not going to pretend that that's not true, that the things of the world are not desirable to the eye, that they don't give satisfaction. But I'm here to tell you that it doesn't last long, that the ways of the world, they fall short. The ways of the world will continue to leave you empty wanting more. And that's why Jesus said, come to me, (laughs) for I am the living water. If you come to me, you'll never be thirsty again. The Lord desires to fully satisfy us, but the enemy would love for us to be convinced that boundaries and obedience and words like surrender, when those words are mentioned, he would love for us to be convinced that that means we're missing out on something good. We're missing out on the better, that we're missing out on the grass that's greener somewhere else. And so therefore we disregard the rules. We disregard the boundaries so we can do our own thing when again and again And again, we're left filled with shame, filled with regret, and craving to satisfy that need once again because it left us empty once again. God is so good. Again, I'm going to say, reading that there was a boundary in the garden when everything was perfect, it shows me that He loves us and love always protects. That boundaries are good and He gave us boundaries so that we could experience real freedom. listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from one of our network supporters. I love at the beginning of this podcast when I was reading off some of the things that that y'all said about what freedom means to you and you wrote joy and rest and peace. That's what God wants to give you. And he knows that if you do your own thing, your own way, you're going to end up being left empty. And yeah, you may have had a million temporary highs and temporary satisfactions, but your peace, your joy, your hope, and your life was robbed in the midst of it. And God wants to protect you from that. He wants to give you, what did we read earlier? Abundant life. Because you were called to freedom and he wants you to walk about in this freedom throughout your life. It makes me think of the verses in Romans 6 verses 20 through 22. Whenever Paul says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. That's basically what we were just saying. That whenever we reject the Lord and we do our own thing, we're slaves to sin. We're slaves to doing our own thing. 
We're going about and not having the obligation to do what's right. Yeah, we're free to make our own choice, but when we choose to go do our own thing and reject the Lord, Paul's like, what was the result of that? Now you're ashamed of the things you used to do. (laughs) Now you're walking in things that do end in eternal doom. It's like when we read earlier, what are we being set free from when we submit to Christ? We're being set free from death. We're being set free from eternal doom. We're being set free from condemnation. God is such a protector, a redeemer, and a savior. And he wants to come and pick us up out of the pit that we got ourselves in. But if you continue to read, Paul says, But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. And a question that you may be wondering is, well, Emma, like if God knew that us disobeying him, us doing our own thing would lead us to eternal doom, then why would he even let us do it? Like in way back in the garden, why would he even give us the option to reject him, to disobey him? And that's a very legitimate question. And The answer is love because you see someone else answered to my question of how would you define freedom? They said the ability to choose and that's exactly right. God very easily could have made us like robots or like puppets doing exactly what he wanted us to do, how he wanted us to do it and when he wanted us to do it. But that wouldn't have been love on our part. God wants us to choose him. Just as he is a jealous God and craves relationship with us, he craves for us to crave him. He desires for us to desire him. He is a jealous God wanting our affection, wanting our relationship. He made us for that purpose. And if he would have made us to not even have a choice to choose him, it wouldn't have been love. So he gave us the option. Him or our own way. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory. All of us at some point have gone our own way. But because he's so faithful and pursues us with his goodness and his love, and because he's so sovereign, it honestly is way above me to even attempt to comprehend the goodness of the Lord, the kindness of the Lord. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I'm just so thankful for a God who pursues us and loves us and chooses us and sees us worth dying for when we rejected him. I think it's really sweet to think on the fact that when I'm walking in freedom through Christ, it's because I'm walking in relationship with him. I'm walking in relationship with Christ and that brings freedom. And when I'm walking in relationship with Christ, that means that I love him. And when I love him, I desire to obey him. Isn't that really cool that freedom, love, and obedience all go hand in hand? I find freedom in my relationship with Christ. I love him and my love for him compels me to be obedient. And when I'm obedient to his word, I'm walking in freedom because when I know him, I have freedom. It all goes hand in hand. And we can find that in verses even where the Lord talks about that through people he inspired to write scripture. In 1 John 5, 3, we read that those who love God obey him and his commands are not a burden. <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden, it is light. That is what he desires to give us. He desires to give us freedom. He desires to give us life. He desires that for us. In Proverbs 7, 2, we read that when we obey, there is life that comes hand in hand with that. In John 14, 15, Jesus actually said, those who love me, obey me. And again, in John 8, 32, oh, it's so good. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Who is the truth? Jesus. When you know Jesus, you are walking in freedom. And I want to clarify something that I don't obey God's word to prove myself (laughs) or earn his love or deserve some higher ranking on a chart. Paul talks about how the entire Old Testament proves to us that we can't keep all the rules. Like none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous, not even one. And that's why Jesus came. He came to save us because we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't be perfect on our own. And he was the perfect sacrifice. So friends, I don't go and obey God's word so that I can prove myself or earn a higher ranking on God's chart or fill in the blank because we read in Ephesians 2 that it is by grace through faith that I have been saved and it is not by my own work so that I may boast, but it is the gift of God. It is a gift from him. And so my obedience comes in response to how worthy he is of my obedience and in response to how deeply I love him. I obey God's word because I love him and I have found that true freedom comes from submitting to him. His love is better than life. (laughs) So as we started earlier, how do you define freedom? Because the world will say that freedom is doing what you want to do, not having to submit, there being no restrictions. But God says, actually, freedom comes whenever you submit to me and walk in relationship with me. But also freedom is a choice. And friend, you get to choose that. You get to decide whether or not you surrender to the Lord. He says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You're not too far gone, friend. He demonstrated his perfect love for you so that you may be set free. And again, what are you set free from? You're set free from eternal doom, from eternal separation from the Lord, from death that all of our sins deserve. But he says, I have an escape route for you from that awful end. I have an escape route, my friend, and it is my son. And if you believe in him, you shall never perish, but have eternal life. And again, when I am aware of what he set me free from, why would I not want to obey him? Why would I not want to live in all caps for him? Why would I not want to surrender to him? Because holy, 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 he's so worthy of it. It's what I desire. Like Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Why? Because when you really have a relationship with him and you really love him, Your response can't help but be to live for him and obey him. And then you discover that when you walk in that obedience, you find even more freedom in your life, peace that rules in your heart, joy that is strong, hope that is an anchor firm and secure in your soul. Friend, I love you so much. And I pray that 
this encouraged you. I pray that this brought clarity to you and made you think a little bit. And I pray also that it just refreshed you in the sense that to walk through life as a believer is not to walk in a list of do's and don'ts type of religion trying to earn something or prove yourself, but it's literally a relationship with the one who made you and desires to walk with you. And therefore you're compelled to be obedient because he's so holy. He's so worthy and deserving of your obedience. And as you walk in that, you find that that's where true freedom is at. Friend, that's where it's at. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast. Because I love him, I obey him. Don't forget how awesome you are. And I will see y'all next week. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.